Hey y'all and welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. This week is episode 50 and it's a special episode as it was the recorded last week, uh, last Wednesday, um, November 9th at Calvary Day School in Winston-Salem and uh, you'll be able to listen to that segment um, from Van Wade and I's conversation in front of the students there, 7th through 12th grade. As always, we all have a story, we all have struggles, and the good news is we're not alone. Um, so some of the kids asked uh, some questions after uh, I spoke and just wanted to go through kind of some of those questions and answer them um, and, and a lot of some of our listeners already know the answers, but, uh, you know, the purpose is to, just to, for me, I want to go and talk to younger generations and let them know just um, how precious life is. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, uh, your race, your bank account, zip code, uh, mental health and addiction can affect uh, anyone. Um, and it doesn't just affect you. It affects uh, your family and those around you. It has a ripple effect. Um, so I'm going to just run through the questions uh, and answer um, the questions that the students have. And then uh, let y'all listen to uh, the conversation that Van and I had. So uh, first one is, is Chad still in rehab of sorts? Uh, the answer is no, I'm not in any rehab of sorts. Thankfully, eight rehabs was enough. Uh, so it was eight rehabs, five psych wards, and then uh, three jails and arrested four times. But uh, rehab, I am not, but I am in therapy um, Dr. Dodd, and he's located here in Charlotte off of, uh, 51, uh, kind of near Charlotte Catholic. So I'm in, not in any rehab and pray to God that I don't ever have to go into rehab again. Um, but rehab definitely helped me a lot, but for me, it was the big wake up call of, uh, waking up off life support. Um, and, a lot of people don't wake up off life support. I found out today um, some sad news that a roommate of mine from uh, Renew Ministries has passed away um, from an overdose. And she breaks my heart. Um, he was filled with joy. Um, lots of fun to be around. Great guy. Um, but just couldn't beat the addiction. And it sucks. Um, but I'm blessed to still be here. And I have a purpose, and my purpose is to share my story and help others um, that are either in their struggle or help prevent those from going down the road that I went down. Um, second, uh, am I worried about relapsing or having a relapse? Uh, that definitely crosses my mind, but uh, I don't think it'll happen. I don't want to say never because um, you never know. But uh, I don't plan on ever relapsing and just uh, sharing my story as much as I can, uh, being involved in church, having a strong community, being close with my family and open with those that I'm close with about my struggles is very important. And also just the photos that I have from me on life support, uh, my mug shots, all those are stuff that's hard to look at, but that's my past and uh don't want to go back to where i was and just knowing 
that the cocaine and the partying uh, is not fun. It might be fun in the moment, but that next day, uh, you know, days after and just long term effect, it's not fun. It's not worth it. Uh, So relapse, I mean, is always, you know, in the back of my mind, but uh, I'm not worried about it um, because of, you know, where I'm at now. Um, my faith and relationship with God and uh, my family and those close with me. Um, so no, not worried about relapsing and just pray that I never do. Um, what job does he have or hope to have? Um, so a lot of my listeners, um, currently know I'm in between jobs. Uh, I have been doing uh, commercial land surveying for the last close to three years. That was a job that I got in January of 2020 after I got back from uh, doing a year long worth of rehabs and needed something stress free and just kind of why I transitioned back into the real world and just kind of got content there and never really started looking for a job and got laid off roughly two months ago, which was an answer to prayers. Um, so I'm looking for a job. I'm looking, you know, sales business and then also the nonprofit um, and actually have an interview uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. with Habitat for Humanity. So we'll see if that's where the Lord wants me. But if not, um, he's got a plan and a purpose uh, for where he wants to use me. And I just give it up to him and just want his will to be done, uh, not mine, because when I did it my way, I ended up uh, just lonely in a dark place and struggled with depression, anxiety, addiction, and uh, not a lifestyle that uh, I enjoyed, nor that I want one to live. Um, What was my home life like as a child? And was there something that went on that he can point to? I can't see the rest of that question, but what was my home life like? Um, it was a good childhood growing up. Uh, two loving parents that came down uh, to Winston or over to Winston last Wednesday to hear me uh, share my testimony in front of the school. Um, my sister came as well. She's two and a half years younger than me. She just turned 29 uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, grew up uh for the first uh, seven years of my life on a double cul-de-sac with families that uh, had children roughly my age, some a little younger, some a little older, but it was perfect for Laura Beth and I uh, growing up. Uh, I think my first words were outside. Uh, so I love being outside playing a lot of good memories there. Um, dad was in uh, banking finance where he still is. Um, he started having heart problems in 98 and, um, yeah, so that was tough. Um, as a kid, just seeing your dad sick, he used to run a lot and, um, you know, over the time was not able to run, but, um, family home life was really good. Um, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better home life. Um, and not every parent and family is given a uh, kind of a manual on how to do life. No family is, so you kind of have to figure it out. But I was blessed with um, parents that had great parents that raised them, um, and I'm sure they learned from their parents and um, made mistakes. Um, 
but overall it was a good life. Um, went to Covenant Day in seventh grade from public school and graduated there. Um, you know, there was nothing that I can point to. I mean, I was competitive growing up playing basketball and then struggled in school. Um, and that's where I believe I kind of started comparing myself to others and feeling like a failure just because I wasn't getting the grades that um, my friends were. So that was tough. But um, home life was great. Um, we traveled to the beach a bunch. Um, my grandparents on my dad's side had a condo down at Litchfield. And um, so as long as I can remember, we went there. And then parents got a house, um, you know, a couple, de- maybe two decades ago, 15 years ago, maybe. Um, so Litchfield, Polly's Island has always been a place that um, has been, you know, part of my life and learned to ride a bike down there, Kirkstall, and then um, also learned how to ride down at um, the beach. But the May girls taught me how to ride a bike, helped me learn to read on that double cul-de-sac. Um, a lot of fun. Um, the Hargets, uh, Big John, teach me how to play basketball. Um Great, great childhood. Good memories. Um, And how long has he been sober? Um, So I've been clean from my addiction, which was cocaine and um, drugs, um, since um, April 24th uh, or the morning of 25th, I guess, of 2021. So a little over a year and a half ago. Um, uh, Marijuana was Easter of this past year. 2022 and then um drinking um i still do that socially uh, i know my limit and hadn't been a struggle but um something i'm still careful with but um so i've been sober from cocaine um for a little over a year and a half and then uh, marijuana uh, since easter of this uh year um and what are my future plans dreams and hopes um you know i just want to continue to share my story Um, no matter how far, um, removed we get from, you know, me waking up off life support, that's a big part of my story and, uh, my life. And, you know, without that, I might not be here. Um, you know, and I definitely want to have a family, uh, want to get married, have kids and be a role model for those kids. Um, and I believe I went through some tough times just to learn who I am and how precious life is, um, and that you're not promised tomorrow. Um, you know, just want to be a good, you know, community leader, whether that's, you know, um, just in the home, in the neighborhood, you know, at the church, um, you know, I just want to be known as a good person. As my dad said, um, we all have a birth date and we all have a death date. And that dash in the middle is what you want to be remembered as. And that's always stuck with me since he's told me. And uh, he told me within the last, you know, year and a half. Um, and, um, you know, people will know my story and uh, some will remember me as that. But a lot of people uh, will remember me for the uh, direction that I went after waking up and didn't fall back into my addiction and just used my story for good and for bettering God's kingdom. Um, and I'm still learning who I am and figuring out what I like and what I love because a lot of the past 10 years, you know, I was, uh, comparing myself to others. I was struggling. I felt lost. Uh, I didn't know my identity. 
Um, and that's a big part of life. You know, who are you? And I didn't know who I was. So I'm still figuring that out. I love being outdoors, playing golf, um, hunting some, uh, traveling, love watching movies. I'm starting to pick up reading a little bit. I'm getting ready to start Matthew McConaughey's memoir, um, that a previous guest, um, gave me uh, Danielle Price so go check out her episode um when did I start the podcast so I started it October 12th of 2021 so a year and a couple weeks ago is when uh, Casey and I started the podcast um there are people had told me at Honey Lake which was the last rehab I went to you know, you can talk, you have a lot of stories and you do something with all these stories and just your journey. Um, and reconnected with Casey and Casey was like, you know, you should do a podcast. And I was like, well, what is a podcast? And he told me and I was like, all right, well, let's do it. So we got that started in October 12th, I think was when we had our first episode. Um, and I haven't listened to any of the older episodes, so I'm sure it's gotten better, I hope. But, uh, you know, the first nine or so is where a lot of my story kind of in depth um, is um, talked about. And I'm going to do one episode where it's kind of just, you know, my story in one episode and cover some more um, parts of it that I wasn't able to share with y'all at calvary day school um and i kind of answered you know what are my hobbies and what do i enjoy doing um you know being outdoors traveling but um big thing now is just relationships and a big one is my family um you know as i said they came and supported me at calvary day school last wednesday when i spoke i mean i was nervous uh but uh after speaking at auburn uh and just with how that went, I wasn't as nervous, but, uh, Tuesday night prior, I was up till 2 AM kind of late trying to think about how I was going to do the introduction. Um, I knew I was going to read, uh, my story, uh, titled phone calls kind of to hopefully grab y'all's attention, the student's attention and have the pictures up there for a visual, um, and then go into it with van, um, discussing my story and, our um relationship and history but um yeah just growing and building those relationships that uh, have been strained or lost um you know with friends and family but family is a big one with me um so without further ado i'm gonna um let y'all take a listen to um mine and van wade's conversation um at calvary day school and hope you all enjoy it and let me know. Today we are, am I still busy? Today we are uh, going to have a live recorded podcast during chapel. Isn't that pretty cool? Anybody here listen to podcasts? Awesome. Very cool. Uh, well, we are going to be part of the rabbit hole show today. And uh, you can see this uh, soon or hear it soon. And I'll let you know when that's going to happen. But I'm, I'm nervous because I don't listen to podcasts for very much, and I'm obviously never been on. So I'm a little bit nervous. Y'all can pray for me as I uh, am part of this. But I'm very, very excited to do this today for lots and lots of reasons. So I'm going to walk up here and get ready. Um, 
Would y'all please welcome uh, Chad Height, Charles Height. Uh, I've known Chad for a long time, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, but uh, he was Chad back in the day. But, you know, as you get older and your, your real name's Charles, you be called Charles, you know. And so I may call him Chad, may call him Charles, but uh, <clears throat> that's what's happening today. Uh, we're going to talk, answer questions, show you some uh, pictures. And, uh, but uh, the best part about a, con a podcast is a conversation. So we're just going to have a little conversation here as we get going. And <clears throat> you can see the clocks. We're good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, let me pray for us before we get started. Father, thank you so much for Josie and her testimony today. Thank you for the redeeming power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the redeeming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would just help us in this part of our conversation as well as we talk to Charles. I pray that you would just bless our conversation. And I pray that you'd bless this podcast to be a blessing to others who may hear it over the next uh, few months and years. And I pray this. In the wonderful name of Christ, amen. Hello, right. sir. How are you? I'm good. good. Can y'all hear me? You good. You're very good? All right. Um, so I'm Charles Height from Charlotte, um, hour and a half down the road. Went to Covenant Day. So sat in a similar sanctuary um, as y'all are on Wednesdays for chapel and grew up with a loving family, Christian home, um, and was saved at the age of five. Um, but my story, um, I hit rock bottom last year and that's what I needed. I was age 30 um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but I'm going to start off by reading something I wrote February 26th of last year and um, basically predicted the outcome of my rock bottom. So I'm going to go ahead and read this and then we'll jump into it. Um, it's titled Phone Calls and um, wrote this in Tennessee um, at a treatment center called The Ranch. Um, again, it's titled Phone Calls and it's from the perspective of my mom's cell phone and all the calls that she had gotten over the years, but uh, basically it was the last phone call that she ever got. And um, as you'll hear that we'll talk about, I predicted the outcome, so I'll go ahead and read it. Ring, ring, hello. Hey, it's me again. Is he okay? We need you to come identify the body. Why? What happened? No, no, no. I've been fearing this call. He didn't even make it to 30 years old, dialing and then my phone number. Ring, ring. Hey, it's Charles. Sorry. Can't come to the phone right now. Leave a message at the beep and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks and have a great day. Hi, it's your mom. Just got a call to come identify your body and can't believe this day I feared has actually come. I pray this is a dream and I wake up from this nightmare. Why are you gone? What happened? What could I have done? I can't handle this pain and didn't know you had all this pain and suffering. Why couldn't you talk to me? Where did I go wrong? I can't hold and touch you. No more hugs or kisses. I don't have to dread this phone call I just got. No mother should have to go through this. So many calls I got from hospital, jails, and this call I hope I can recover from. But you're my firstborn, oldest leader, and now you're gone. I don't get to have tears of joy when you find the girl to marry and walk down the aisle. 
be there to hold your firstborn. Why couldn't I outlive you? What could I have done differently? Why did I have to get this call I've been dreading? This shouldn't happen to a mother. Just know your love and we're the best son a mom could ask for. Rest in peace and I'll see you in heaven. Just know you weren't a burden and it was a joy to be your mother. Beep and the phone clicks. Um, so I wrote that February 26th of last year um, in Tennessee at a treatment center and um, sat there for a while before writing that and that just popped into my head because um, I put my family through several years, 10 years of a roller coaster of mental health um, and addiction, in and out of jails, treatment centers, um, psych wards. Um, you know, I'd end up in a hospital ER on a, you name the day of the week, I was probably there, woke up and went to work and acted like everything was fine. Um, but I wrote that knowing that that was a possibility, but still thought I was invincible and that the outcome wouldn't happen to me. Um, Cause I didn't do heroin or a drug that, um, a lot of people I knew had died from. Um, so that's, I wrote that two months prior to, um, me ending up on life support in about half a month before I got arrested for the last time and was facing prison time. Um, so it started in February of last year, and then life support was April 24th, 25th is when I ended up on it. And, um, yeah, so that's the letter up there. Um, if you want to slide over, show them the... That's my first mugshot, um, and they can show the other ones. Um, the next one... They each get a little harder each time, and then the final one um, is me on life support with my mother looking over me, um, and they coded me at one point, and then that's me um, on some serious charges that we'll talk about, but um, yeah, so I predicted the outcome, but still didn't think it happened to me. Hmm. Everybody understand, he wrote that letter, not his mother, right? Everybody understand that? And it's so prophetic what happened. It's just amazing. Uh, when I heard the letter for the first time, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, so eight rehabs, four arrests. Those are, that was your life and for the last... And five wards in and, and out of ERs. Yeah. For the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Let me back up. That's not the person I knew. Okay. Seventh graders, where are you? I met Chad when he was in the seventh grade. He came to see me with his mom and dad. They were trying to decide what Christian school to go to, Covenant Day or Carmel Christian. He made the wrong choice. <laughs> he went to Covenant, and uh, we were just starting our high school and stuff, you know, and he, they had more sports and all that. He's 6'4", he plays basketball and all that, so he wanted to play ball, and I, I get that. Uh, did y'all ever win the state championship? No, we never did. Our Carmel team... Christian did, by the way. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> But anyway, just say. Uh, but uh, our paths have crossed throughout the years because he's a different school, but we see at church. We do church together. Uh, the family went to Carmel uh, Baptist Church, so we would do that stuff together. And, uh, and then we, uh, he went to college, uh, went to Gardner Webb first, and transferred to App State. And uh, so we would see him. Kathy and I would have to go to dinner with him sometime. Um, one of the cool things I remember about uh, during that time was uh, we got to go to Africa together. I've been to Africa four times. He went twice. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, one of my last times and his last time, we went together. And uh, we were roommates in this 
horrible hotel, bad food, but good compared to what our village people were having. And, uh, but at the end of the week, they gave us one day of nice, you know, just to debrief and bring us back to reality. So we're at this resort where you could go and see animals and uh, like it's reserved. And uh, I have always loved a massage. It just helps me to, you know, relax. And I said, hey, Chad, they got massages here. Let's get up in the bar morning and go get a massage. Scared him to death because he never had a massage. I'll never forget that. And, and uh, third world country. Yeah, <laughs> third world country, that's right. But uh, this is Kenya. And, uh, but we, we got that massage. And so do you still get massages? Yeah, I get them regularly now. Yes. So, uh, but that was a great memory. It was a great, great memory. Then some things changed. I never forget one night he called me and Mr. Wade, I need help. He was drunk, probably high at the same time. Mm -hmm. Didn't call his daddy, he called me. Can you imagine wanting to call your daddy? No, you don't want to call your daddy, you call someone else. Well, he called me. And then he was at a game in Florida, his buddies all drove to Florida. Again, pretty high, pretty drunk. He doesn't even remember he called me. There was a fight, and he was going to get arrested, maybe, so he calls me. Okay? A couple of things from that I want to say. Call an adult when something happens. You may be scared to call your dad. You may be scared to call your mama. But you need to call an adult when you get in that situation. Did I judge you? No. I did not judge him. I didn't say, hey, you're stupid. Don't do that. I tried to help him. If you call an adult, they're not going to judge you at that moment. They're going to say, let's get you help. Everybody understand what I'm saying? That's huge. Who do you not call? Your friend. Can your friend really at that moment help you? No, they really can't. You need to call an adult who can help you. So I'm not planning on saying that, but I thought I'd say that. Because that's pretty important. So that is my life with uh, Chad. Seventh grade all the way up to uh, college. And uh, I think what's happening at this point was he was keeping secrets. He was keeping secrets from me. So how did you, you know, do this and keep a job? It was hard. Uh, I never kept a job more than a year, probably. Um, you know, it would catch up eventually. Would come in hungover or oversleep and come in late. Um, call out on days. Um, but it was hard and eventually kept up or caught up. Um, but I was wearing a mask and doing my best. You know, I think I hid it from you pretty well. And those outside of my immediate family and close friends. Um, but my identity, I didn't know who I was. I was lost. Um, compared myself to the kids I went to high school with, um, the kids I grew up with in a decent part of Charlotte, um, Myers Park, South Park area. And... Um, struggled in school, never uh, was a good student. Basketball was my life and thought that would get me through life, which it didn't. Um, and compared myself to them as I'm never going to be good enough. Uh, my grades are definitely never good enough. Um, so how am I going to get into the college I want to go to and then get the job? Because I thought after high school, you know, you go to college and then you get the job and get married and life's mm -hmm. perfect. And that's not the case. Um, but then as things started to happen, I compared myself to that side 
of my uh, world. And then the other side was the people in the treatment centers and the rehabs. And my story's not as bad as theirs. So I was shooting myself in the foot. Um, you know, the Lord was with me always because I became a believer at the age of five um, and was on fire. And even through high school um, and started kind of parting a little bit junior, senior year. And um, then into college is when the parting really started, when I joined the fraternity and stopped playing basketball. Um, and then my senior year, 2012, um, a tragic death happened within our community, someone close to our family. And that was the first time I'd ever dealt with a loss like that. I lost my grandfather at the, um, in seventh grade my first year at Covenant Day, but I had family, friends around me to comfort me. And uh, when you're in college away from your family, you know, and I didn't know who I was, um, it was tough. And that's kind of when my story really took a deep dive. Um, but to answer your question, it was hard to keep a job, and I bounced around a lot of jobs, and eventually it became known. Um, just couldn't keep up with the work or um, something would happen. So you started this process going to rehabs and things. But what, were you, what drugs were you taking? Um, so I started out, you know, drinking and just smoking weed, and um, in college started with some cocaine, and then Adderall, um, found out what Adderall was, and that really helped me um, study and focus, and then, um, and I didn't take it every day. You know, I would take it when I needed to study or had a project, a paper due, and then I would, you know, when on the weekends, I would use that and cocaine to have fun and stay up late. Mm -hmm. So um, started out with drinking and weed and then um, cocaine and um, Adderall. Mm -hmm. So those were the drugs. And later on in the story, um, even got into doing you know a little bit of meth, um, which is a scary thing to think about now. Mm -hmm. So you got this going on. It's pretty bad. And so did you decide to go to rehab or did someone say let's go to rehab? Um, so the first rehab I went to was um, 2016 and um, went to a psych ward earlier that year um, due to a mental breakdown and um, I was in relationships and in those relationships I was always codependent. I was, didn't love myself so if I didn't love myself I was afraid that someone uh, wouldn't love me and when I was in a relationship I was scared that they were going to leave me so I would do whatever. Mm. I wanted or thought I needed to become for them to love me so I could feel that affection I needed and fill that void. Um, so ended up in the psych ward earlier, 2016, um, and talked my way out of that the next day and um, got sent home and kind of acted like everything was fine. And later that year, April, May 2016, um, ended up in an outpatient facility, Dilworth Center. and. Part of that I knew I needed some help, but then also part of it was to get people off my back and just for me to kind of, all right, I'm doing this so y'all can stop mm -hmm. bothering me and um, telling me kind of how to live. Um, but I needed people to do that and still did for the last, you know, up until last year. And even now I still have people pouring into me, which is needed, but in a different aspect. I was actually, Kathy and I were in Chattanooga, Tennessee one time and uh, his mom texted me or called me and said, he is in a rehab in Chattanooga. We were going to be there. So we went out by to try to find him and see him. And uh, we went all over this building, couldn't find him. And I think 
honestly, he was probably 50 feet away in a different building, and I missed him, and I hated that. Uh, so the, uh, the eight rehabs. Yeah. Lots of different places, a lot of different places, but you kept having to go back. Why were you always having to go back? Um, if you go to a rehab and you're not ready to accept and change your lifestyle, it's not going to do anything. And I had never dealt with any of the demons that I had stuffed down and all the um, traumatic situations I put myself in or that had happened. And um, I wanted the guys to fear me and the girls to love me. So I had that mask on again um, and uh, just never talked about my issues. Um, when I was in the rehabs, I did. But then when I would get out, um, nothing really changed. And so... Uh, 2016 was at the Dilworth Center outpatient and um, was there seven weeks and then said I'm done mm -hmm. um, and got arrested the year before the second arrest and then once I left got arrested later that year and um, things were fine I mean more medical you know ER visits no legal or rehabs and then got into a job that I was able to um, kind of thought people would view me as, okay, he's being successful, he's made it with this title and position, and um, that's when troubles kind of started again, and um, Adderall was, I was popping those like breath mints, you know, 200 plus maybe milligrams a day uh, to stay awake for two, three days at a time, plus the drug use um, to really just escape all my problems and pour into that, and that caused psychosis, and then ended up in the psych ward and then Hopeway and bounced from rehabs to rehabs throughout 2019. So it was um, Charlotte um, and then Davidson, Behavioral Health, um, Oxford, Mississippi, Memphis, Chattanooga, and got kicked out of all of them because um, I didn't want to be there. And <laughs> my sister's laughing now, but um, yeah, I got kicked out of all of them either for suicide and got put in a psych ward or fighting. Um, I was ready to be home and just wasn't ready to accept the fact that I needed help and needed to change. Um, so came back um, the end of 2019 and 2020, you know, that was where, all right, I'm going to get my life together and began doing the job that I've been in, um, kind of just to rehabilitate myself into a normal life and stress-free. So, uh, Teachers, when you do advisory today and talk today, um, Make sure the kids understand we are having this conversation because this is real, right? We're not trying to glorify anything. Make sure everybody understands that. Because sometimes people don't want to talk about it. If we talk about it, it's going to glorify it. And, oh, I want to, I want to try that. No, this is not. This is to give information so you don't get stuck in this. Does every teacher can nod their head and make sure you talk about that? Very important. Um, you mentioned suicide. Did you ever want to hurt yourself? Yeah, I'd say starting 2016, suicide was always on my mind. Um, every day, maybe, maybe not every day, but very frequent. Um, and there was a few attempts, and um, I'm able to look back now, and the Holy Spirit had his hand mm -hmm. in divine intervention and didn't allow them to um, happen. And um, so, for instance, um, 2019 was the one where, you know, I had a mental breakdown and was left work and was going to my house to grab the gun to shoot myself and pull up to the house and my roommate's mom and um, appraiser were at the house 
and didn't know they were going to be there, showed up, and obviously couldn't go get the gun to go shoot myself. Um, so, you know, I now looking back, there's a reason I'm still here, and that's the purpose of the podcast, and to go around and share my story, because um, we all have struggles. We all have a story. No matter how big or how small your story is, your struggles are, we all have them. And like me, I thought I was alone in my struggles, and no one else had any issues. Everyone had the perfect life, and that's why I was comparing myself to everyone. You know, just like the Instagram, social media, it's the highlight reel. You only see what people want to show you. And I compared myself to everyone, and that shot me in the foot. Um, And then in March of 2019, when I was in rehab, um, I wasn't able to, you know, commit suicide when I had tried a few times. So got in an altercation in a rough part of Charlotte, and um, someone pulled a gun. And, you know, I walked up and basically said, you're not man enough to pull the trigger, hoping he would, um, just to put me out of my misery. And... I thought, you know, I'm a burden on everyone. Why do they want me here? That life would be better without me. And he didn't pull the trigger, thankfully. And I walked away and said some explicits to him to give him one more chance to shoot me in the back. And he didn't, thankfully, looking back now. And um, that was the last time, you know, suicide was attempted. There was thoughts and mentions of it, but um, so several suicide attempts and, you know, plans. And a reminder, <coughs> Chad went to a Christian school, Christian family, Christian church every Sunday. Just because you do that does not escape you from the, um, the thoughts and the hurt and feeling like you said, feeling less than. All those things still happen no matter who you are. But I love this. Loving Christian family who loved him through it all, sometimes tough love, sometimes they wouldn't talk, but they loved him through it all. And they're here today. Will you clap for Land and Laura Ann, Laura Beth? There's mom and dad and sister right there. Awesome family. Yeah, without them, I would not be here. Um, you don't get to pick the family you're born into, but I'm blessed with the family I have. Uh, my sister probably practiced the most tough love and uh, practiced her distance and boundaries, but um, without them, I would be dead or in prison or on the streets. Um, And so um, the Lord had his hand on me and my family and support in the church and um, community in Charlotte, bless me. But um, last year was a year that needed to happen, the rock bottom. Um, Tell us about the rock bottom. Yeah. So I was hanging out with, um, you know, some bad community. You can have good community, bad community. And I saw myself as less than, so I chose um, some poor community and um, started to kind of live that way and um, ended up um, getting hit by a car in February of last year. Um, It should have been a lot worse, but only had to get stitches, had cuts, burns um, on my body, but should have been a lot worse during a tattoo incident. and that's episode 10, if y'all want to go listen to that one, I'd talk more about that. But um, should have gotten arrested that day, ended up in the hospital, was trying to walk home. I was pouring down rain, probably a five-mile walk, only had boxers on, so the hospital gave me Sophie shorts, and I had six <laughs> blankets, pouring down rain, called my parents, um, didn't want to. We weren't speaking at the time, really, 
and they picked me up, dropped me off, and I went to bed. Um, a week later, got COVID, and um, so I was by myself for a while. Um, didn't tell the family or anyone I had COVID. Neighbor um, called the ambulance because uh, I couldn't even keep water down, and I didn't want to go to the hospital. You know, I'm stubborn. I wanted to tough it out, but ended up going to the hospital. Didn't tell anyone. Walked home from the hospital that day after getting out um, from an IV bag um, to hydrate me. Um, was very depressed, alone. Reached out to Hopeway, the first residential program I was in. They said, we're not going to have you back. Looking back now, I understand why. Um, I wouldn't have wanted me back either. And they recommended me to the ranch in um, Nunley, Tennessee, which is about 45 minutes outside of Nashville. And they have different houses, addiction, um, sex love, um, mental health, and then they had a food um, eating disorder house. And so there was guys and girls, and you each were in your own house throughout um, Nunley, Tennessee. So I went there, and that's where I learned what acceptance was and really started kind of talking through some of my issues and even being able to help other people in that house. Um, in my mind, that was the last rehab center I was going to be at. I was going to go there, figure everything out, come out, and be a new person. Um, got released, um, completed the program, and um, got high in the parking lot of the rehab center and ended up getting arrested an hour, two hours later on some serious felony charges. Um, there was someone else involved um, that day um, and he ended up having to go to the hospital. Still haven't really talked much about that. Eventually, later on in the podcast, I'll dive more into that. But um, if he had pressed charges, I would be in prison for quite a long time. Um, but the Lord had his hand in that, and that guy showed me grace and mercy, just like the Lord's had that on my life. Um, so I was in jail for a few weeks, um, took a plea deal, um, so I didn't have to go to prison. Um, but um, ended up having a burglary charge, um, possession, paraphernalia, criminal trespass, vandalism, and some others. Um, but again, testament to my family, they were there with me, even after me not talking to them, called, my sister was the first one I called from jail and literally broke down crying to her, knowing I had messed up and I had to change my ways. Um, and sitting, I had learned at the rehab center what acceptance was. The past was done. I can't undo the past. The future it, I'm not promised the future. All I have is the here and now. And that's something that always I miss, the present moment. Because so I was worried about the past and worried about how the past was going to affect my future. And so the moment was just slipping by. Um, and so that's my first tattoo is one day at a time. And I got several that kind of tell my story. But one day at a time is a reminder for me to all you have is the here and now. You can't undo the past. The past doesn't define you. I've made a lot of mistakes but those mistakes make me who I am today. Mm -hmm. um, so I started working through that at that treatment center and then um, in jail, really had to learn what acceptance was. Uh, my freedom was stripped from me. Um, couldn't do anything, had to rely on my family, again, to work with the lawyer, um, get my car out of impound, different things like that. And I'm a few states away. And come home, um, get released before my 30th birthday. And um, that was April. Second is my birthday, so I got released a day or two prior to that. And 
Went to the beach with the family to celebrate my birthday. Life was going well. And then April 24th, a Friday, after work, um, met up with some people and started partying. Um, cocaine was out. And I mean, that had been an issue. And I'd never had a consequence from that. And partied that night. And for me, it was never one line, one bump. I was going until my body was shaking and I couldn't physically do another line. And um, remember the sun coming up, and I had kind of ventured away from the group and was outside. And that's the last thing I remember. Um, from what I've been told, a fire truck found me and took me to the ER, the hospital. And I was, uh, had no um, identification on me, no nothing. And so I was a John Doe or an Epsilon 9 because um, I made it up to the ninth floor, which is, I was on the neuro ICU unit, and um, woke up, and the first face I saw was my dad on my left side, and for some reason I thought I'd gotten COVID, and it had knocked me out, which it's not going to happen that way. Um, he had told me, no, you overdosed and died, um, and two things I said would never happen were in death from an overdose um, and um, prison. And I didn't go to prison, but was facing it. Very easily could have gone. Um, but two things happened to me within two months of each other. Um, and as I said at the beginning, I didn't do heroin, so I didn't think I would have an overdose and die. Um, but yeah, so that was the rock bottom I needed. Woke up off life support and knew I had to make a change or I wouldn't be here. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here being able to share my story. Um, over the, from the last 10 years of, mm. from mental health, depression, anxiety, just negative self-talk to the addiction, um, you know, suicide, um, I wouldn't be here. Mm. Um, but God has a plan for me, purpose, and I believe that looking back on my story all the times that um, I should have been put in prison or died, and he didn't. You know, mm. when you're on life support, you don't come off of that generally, mm. and especially from an overdose. And, I'm here to talk about it. Um, so whatever you're going through, whether it's, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a drug addiction. Um, it can be greed, you know, it can be porn, video games, even school, basketball, whatever. Um, everyone's got something they're struggling with, but you're not alone. And I thought I was alone and hid that and wore masks um, and acted like, I was fine. I mean, he's a close friend mentor, and he didn't even know, really, unless my mom called him and said, please pray for Chad. He's going through something. Um, and last night you said if she called, you knew it was serious. If you got a text, it was kind of pray. But um, So, yeah, that was the rock bottom. Um, you, uh, you've said that uh, Luke twenty-two forty-two is a very special verse to you. To you. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yeah, not my will, but yours be done. Why is that special to you? Because um, I always wanted to, um, for his will to be done with my life, but nothing was ever happening, and I was trying to do it by myself. And you can't do life by yourself. Life's not intended to be done by yourself. Um, and it took last year, me waking up off life support, to realize you can't do life by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always looked at my cup half empty rather than half full, and it was always just negative. Um, but since waking up off life support, knowing I have purpose, he has a plan for my life, I'm able to share my story with the younger generations and hope that none of y'all have to go through what I went through to realize how precious life is and you're not promised tomorrow. 
because I thought I was invincible until I wasn't anymore. Um, so I just want his will to be done for my life because um, I tried it my way and it didn't work. It got me facing prison time and, you know, dead and on life support. So after all that, you, you got working and then you started the idea of the podcast, uh, The Rabbit Hole Show, which I'll try to do once a week or so, depends on what's going on. And you uploaded at, uh, at 6 a.m. on Thursdays, and you've done about 51 of those. Um, so episode 49 will come out tomorrow, and this will come out next week, and it'll be episode 50. Um, so this is our first live kind of recording in front of 400 people or however many. Um, number 50, I like numbers. Yeah, number. episode 50. So it's kind of a monumental one. And um, um, we all, as I said, we all have a story. We mm -hmm. all have mm -hmm. struggles. And, you know, the good news is you're not alone. I mm -hmm. thought I was alone. Y'all might think you're alone right now in whatever you're dealing with, but you're not. Um, you know, you don't have to talk to your parents, but find someone that you trust to be able to open up to and confide in because that's something I didn't do. Um, and it only made my story worse and almost didn't have this second chance. Basically, I'm on borrowed time, as the um, previous guest said. But um, so the purpose of the podcast, um, real quick, is it started off for me to be able to share my story. And um, finally, got some guests on, people where I need to have guests on. I was like, how are they going to kind of contribute to my story? Um, and the episode 10 was the kid who was there the day with the tattoo and getting me out of getting arrested stuff but mm -hmm. eventually realized we all have a story we all have struggles um, and you're not alone um, so whether you know a guest comes on and they're able to resonate listeners resonate with that episode or not mm -hmm. um, there's an episode that they'll be able to resonate with but also just hearing someone else's story allows listeners to be like okay I'm not alone I thought mm -hmm. this person had it all together or they are um, a CEO um, or fourth in um, line of a company of execs of 50,000 people making, you know, three, four million a year um, and nothing was enough. Um, so all different types of stories, um, struggles that are on the podcast. So that's kind of the platform, the purpose of the podcast, just to create a community uh, for mental health and um, just anyone who has struggles, uh, no matter what your struggle is, everyone's got a struggle, has had a struggle, has a story, but you're not alone. So that's the yeah. purpose and uh, the reason that we created the platform. And Casey up there kind of running the um, show up there, helping, met him at the Dilworth Center um, in 2016, and then we reconnected last year. Um, and he kind of put the idea in my head to do a podcast and share my story, and it's Still very small, hopefully it'll grow, but um, if it helps one person, that's all that really matters. Yes, please clap for Casey's up there. Thank you for being here, Casey. This part of the uh, podcast is gonna end, but we have a way to continue this. I wanted to say a couple of things. Uh, he still sees a therapist, Christian therapist. Yep, see a therapist, seen him five years, and amazing i mean the first time last session he was like so what do you need help with um which to me i was kind of like all right i guess we hit this point now yeah, that's good <laughs> he's involved in his local church he's got a small group he hangs out with and that's awesome again community is so important um but bible teachers and your bible classes today tomorrow whenever y'all are having some time i would like for you to just give the kids some uh, 
note cards, a piece of paper, whatever. And if they have a question to ask Chad, we want to have those questions given to us. And then he's going to continue this, put it together, and it'll be about an hour-long conversation because he'll answer your questions. So that's a great way for you to continue this whole talk. Right goes to your Bible teacher. Bible teacher's giving them to me. I'll give them to Chad, and we'll continue that podcast. Yep. So whatever questions you have, any, all questions, it doesn't matter. Um, And if I don't answer all of them on this episode, I'll answer them in a post or on another episode. But um, And then we also have an email address. If anyone wants to send an email and share their struggles or reach out and talk with me, y'all can um, do that. It's the rabbit hole show, 21 at gmail.com. We'll get that to you. Or follow us on Instagram and shoot me a message. But um, I know what y'all are going through. I've sat where y'all sat, and I'm 31 now, um, and I've lived a lot of life, and just hope that y'all don't have to go um, through the dark kind of struggles that I went through to figure out how precious life is, and um, you know, you're not promised tomorrow, and what, how life's intended to be lived. Sure. Well, y'all thank Chad for being here. Thank you, well, Thank you. y'all um thank y'all for tuning in this week to the rabbit hole show this is episode 50 um a little different it was our first live recording in front of 400 i believe uh students 7th through 12th grade uh shout out to calvary day school thank y'all for having me it was uh, very special um i hope y'all um had some takeaways and just learned um you know about life and how precious life is and you're not promised uh tomorrow you can't undo the past all you have is the here and now um but just want to thank y'all uh, please reach out if you have any questions and for listeners, um, even students at Calvary Day, if you all want to come on, share your story. Um, and there was a I want to give Josie a shout out. Um, she was a junior at Calvary Day and she got up and shared her story in front of all her peers, something that I would not have been able to do at that age. But she moved around a lot, dealt with some depression, uh, feeling like an outcast. But I was just super proud of her getting up, sharing her story. Um, takes tremendous courage and vulnerability to do that. So, Josie, I'm proud of you. But again, uh, the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, if you want to come on the show, uh, or if you want to grab coffee and um, just share your story with me one-on-one would love to do that thank you all again Uh, please go subscribe and follow on spotify apple podcast and youtube Uh, that's something we're still working on but uh, we'll have the video up from last week on youtube for y'all to um, take a look at love y'all stay tuned and we'll see y'all next week